Welcome back to the water cooler. Where we cover everything you need to know to not sound like an asshole at work. And welcome back indeed. What a week of football it was. Week six is in the books. And we no longer have any undefeated teams. Yeah, you know, parody in the league. You gotta love to see it. Um, do you? Do you love to see it? No, I don't at all. It was a bullshit ass game. I'm pretty sure the fix was in that last interception. We'll get to that, whatever. But um, you know, both both undefeated teams got banged up a little. Played uh, played good defenses without their starting the other team's starting quarterback. But on the road, good defense. You know, shit happens. Okay, I thought you were about to start pulling out the excuses already. I was like, God damn, buddy. Okay, it's week six. Chill out. I don't know. I'm I'm big chilling. I got there's bigger fish to fry with the Eagles' upcoming schedule. I'm I'm a little nervous. Some tuna fish coming up, huh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that on the next pod. But for now, it was a fun week of football. A lot of upsets made for uh some bad bets, which we placed and lost money on. Some bad picks. Yeah. Let's just just get into it. Let's kick it off. Was this one down under in Australia, London? (laughs) It was. It was uh, the last the last London game of the uh, of the season. The last London game of the season in it. Get your final in it in. It was the last one in it. Oh, that was good. We got Ravens Titans. The Ravens improved to four and two, beating the Titans twenty-four to sixteen. We weren't right about a lot on this last weekend slate, but we fucking nailed this game. Started slow. We said bet the Ravens first half. We said bet the over on field goals. You know how many fucking field goals there were? Nine. Nine field goals. That's fucking crazy. Those you know those lads over in London just love fucking seeing the ball get kicked too. They're losing their shit over it. It's you know lo- love to see it for them. Um, but yeah, just you know we told you not to uh, not to set an alarm to wake up early for it, and you definitely didn't need to. There there wasn't much going on in this one. Titans made it interesting in the third, cutting the lead uh, close. But Tannehill got hurt. Um, Malik Willis came in and looked decent at moments. Can scramble a little bit, which is good with that that uh pretty rough O line over there. Um, but yeah, Ravens kept them at a distance, but just sloppy football from them too. They couldn't capitalize. I mean, they kicked six field goals on their own. That's that's tough looks. You gotta get the ball in the end zone. Um, really bad play calling down at the goal line. I don't like how they are handling things with Lamar down there. It's they gotta give him more options to run and and be a threat down there they're like you know running the ball right up the middle and then just running two short you know passing routes and then kicking a field goal yeah well you got a roman calling plays over in london it's not gonna work you know roman's con though <laughs> oh who is their offense coordinator it's some new guy it looks oh, it's monkey huh. yeah that's right different alabama guy i'm pretty sure i think they both yeah, coach yeah him. They just fucking recycle those guys. Yeah, well, exactly. that's a shit joke then, but thanks a lot. It would have been really good last year. It would have been great. And I think this game just proves, you know, Justin Tucker kicked six field goals. 
because he's over in London, just wanted to show the lads how it's done. If America wanted to win the Men's World Cup, they would. Justin Tucker would be elite on the soccer field. That's oh, dude, imagine him with a little PK. Oh, top yeah. bins every time. You guys got a golden boot. Anything else on this game, though? We're just talking soccer over here now. <laughs> nah, I, you know, pretty, you know, we, we called that one. Pretty boring game. Uh, Ravens handled business. I think they're a good team. Um, your concerns about their offense are very valid, but, you know, they got the job done. They're sitting at four and two. All right, moving on. Let me uh, grab a little bit of my drink. Take a little, nice little sip. <sighs> this guy wins one beer bet, and he's, you know. Oh, sipping. that's right. The Commanders went to Atlanta, knocked off the Falcons 24-16 to in a game. You told me Desmond Ritter doesn't lose at home, but he's just not that guy, and he just did. Commanders come away with the dub. See, now you're putting words in my mouth. I said he hadn't lost at home. I didn't say he doesn't. I picked the Falcons because they're I think they're the better team. I think realistically they they still were. They just have a shitty ass quarterback. Ritter is not that guy. Um he threw three picks. Just terrible. Um they had the ball so many times with opportunity to go down and tie it, and they just couldn't get anything. Um just really shitty offense over there. Yeah, that whole division is just uh, looking like shit with the Saints losing an ugly one, too. Um, it's just like it's going to be one of those years where whoever wins that division is going to be like probably eight and nine and get a fucking home team, home game in the playoffs. So and then get shit pumped by the top. I get shit pumped. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be messy. Probably someone out of the NFC East. I don't know, man. These Falcons just it, it, what's funny is. Ritter's actually been throwing the ball a lot more, which we've been calling for. And he's been getting these guys like Drake Lennon, Kyle Pitts involved, and they've been okay. moving the ball. But now they can't fucking win any games. So I don't he know what they do from here. He, he also throws it to the other team too much. That is uh, a problem. Yeah, two touchdowns to three picks, not a recipe for winning right there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll take, you know, it's a year. I'm I'm up two beers to one now. Should have been 3-0. If Taylor Heineke's in there, it's 3-0. That's just a fact. Taylor Heineke's got to be the quarterback going forward there. Well, you know what they always say. You're only as drunk as your last beer. So I'm up one nothing for the last one. That's, that's a good, very good line. I like that. <laughs> Next up, we got the Vikings at Bears. This game was such a disappointment. Vikings win 19-13. to they're two and four now. The Bears are one and five, and they're both just sorry ass teams. No point in even filling the team anymore. It's tough to watch these guys. Yeah, we we should get this game done in thirty seconds or less because we'll lose listeners. I think if if we go longer than that, both these teams fucking suck. Um, Cousins needs to get out of there, but I get he's a family man doesn't want to relocate and then be a free agent and sign somewhere else, relocate again. So he's gonna stick it out there. Um, but if you're only putting up 19 points on the Bears, it's it's not it. You know, first game without Jefferson, offense uh, struggled. Bears actually had a, they had the ball going down to to score the game winning touchdown, and their backup, which can't even remember his name, D two guy out of Shepherd State, Bat, came like in pageant or or Beijing. Yeah. yeah, 
came in for Fields, who they're saying broke his wrist potentially. Uh, he dislocated something. Dislocate. Uh, oh, dislocated his thumb. Dislocated his thumb. Yeah. That's what it was. He's gonna Wait. miss a game at least, but he'll be back sometime this year. Well, then again, who knows? I mean, they're fucking terrible. So at this point, they don't really have much to play for. They're getting one of, if not both, of the first two picks in the draft. <laughs> not a lot of promising shit going on there. Yeah, just just ugly, ugly stuff over there um, for both those teams. Realistically, um, this game maybe gives the Vikings a little bit of false hope, but man, just ugly stuff over there. Hey, good news is Raiders get to play the Bears next week. So, oh, good for you, Mike, on a three-game winning streak. That's Completely crazy. Fuck up next season, you know? Why not? <laughs> let's let's finish eight and nine and pick in the middle. Of the <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, next up, we had our Trust Your Nuts game of the week, and I don't know why you trusted my nuts. I told you I got them chopped off a year ago, buddy. The Seahawks go to Cincinnati and almost did it, but they came up short. 17-13, to 13, Bengals get the dub to move on to 3-3 three and three on the year. This is what's so tough about, like, picking games and, like, betting and, and all that. And, you know, I, I trust my nuts on this one, too. The Bengals had been – I'd been been trusting them, been trusting them. They hurt me early. They picked me up last week. And this week I just felt like the offense was going to struggle a little bit. Um, Burrow was going to, you know, not look quite as good as he did the week before. And both those things happened. But the Seahawks just could not score in the red zone. Shot Like the Bengals' D – handled that too they made things really difficult but at the same time man they got to be better down there too they had so many chances to make us look smart and they just didn't gino didn't write back it was crazy <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean i felt so good about that pick multiple parts in that game i was like yeah they're gonna come down and take the lead right here first drive of the game i mean they they would just turn the ball over at the worst times they couldn't get it done in the in the red zone like you said into the game had a chance to go down and win it. And Gino, he's a decent quarterback. They're three and two now on the year, but I don't think that they're going to be anything until they upgrade at the quarterback position. Yeah, this is a middling team. They they have good pieces around him. Um, everything's got to go right. But even if everything goes right, it feels like they're maxing out at about, you know, 10 wins, maybe 10 and seven, looking at a wild card and tough route from there. Yeah, they're probably going to be playing that first-round playoff game against, like, Eagles, Cowboys, Niners kind of team, and that's not going to go well. Yeah. The um, Bengals, on the other hand, though, this defense fucks. They, they're they going to – they showed a lot um, in this game and just keeping the team afloat while the offense has been figuring their shit out. And they're sitting at 3-3, three and three, not going into the bye, and Burrow's kind of looking healthier. They're, he's going to get a week off here. It feels like they kind of turned a corner a little bit, and they're definitely going to be a, a a problem in the AFC as well. Yeah, it seems uh, almost unbelievable that they're only a game out of first in their division, but also they're in last place. Very weird division. Browns went and got a, a win this week. The Ravens lead it at four and two, um, but all those teams are in there. Steelers are three and two. Browns are three and two. Should be a very very fun division to watch going forward. Going to have a lot of a. Uh, interdivisional matchups that are going to be pretty fucking awesome. Okay, next up, we had another huge upset here. 49ers were 5-0 and going into this. They go into Cleveland, bad weather, lose a couple starters, 
and take home their first loss of the year. Browns win 19 to 17. Yeah, pretty sloppy game over there. Niners did have a chance to uh, win it. They had their uh, rookie third round kicker go for a 41 yarder at the end. He missed it and just tough. It was as time expired too. It would have been game over. Um, but yeah, that Browns defense, like we've talked about before, they're really, really good. And they made things uh, difficult for that offense, especially once McCaffrey and Debo went down. Um, you know, Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, very good quarterback. He missed some throws today. And credit to him for, or on Sunday, credit to him for getting them down the field and getting in a, a position to win that game because he did his job on that drive. But there was moments where he could have put the game away um, before, and he would he was overthrowing guys. I know the weather was kind of a factor too. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was um, overall just pretty weird game. The Browns, the thing with the Browns is once Watson gets back, if he ever comes back, whatever the hell's going on with him, um, that defense is so good that he doesn't have to be, you know, like we've talked about a bit before, he doesn't even need to be anything close to what he was in Houston, uh, the pro bowler that he was. He just has to be serviceable, and they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, so let's talk about Brock Purdy for a second. You talked about how end of the game, he did it, He did everything he had to do to put them in position to win the game. Moody missed the field goal. They lose. He hits it. Brock Purdy's probably the hero. But when you look back at the whole game in its entirety, he was 12 for 27 for 125 yards with one touchdown, one pick. He's averaged 4.6 yards per throw. Not good. uh, He was terrible until that final drive, basically. So looking at that, you know, see him get a little bit of adversity, see a defense really come after him. He loses Christian McCaffrey for a good chunk of that game. Debo was hurt. I mean, you still have Kittle and Ayuk and and backup running backs, so they're more than serviceable in the NFL. Did we see him get exposed a little bit? Was that just kind of a fluke game against a very, very good defense, like you said, in bad weather? Or is it kind of like years past where we've seen Jimmy G get in these situations where they're cruising, 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 hit a little bit of adversity, get behind and then they have to do too much and and the quarterback falls apart i think it's definitely a combination like if everything's going like you said he you know 12 for 25 whatever the hell and he had the one the one touchdown was just a perfectly designed play it it was literally a shovel pass that he did it wasn't like he made a good throw or anything um i think when things are going well like he's perfect for that system but if you're asking there's a reason he was drafted in the seventh round. If you're asking him to do too much, it's going to be, it's going to be really tough. Um, and that said, that being said, he's got so many weapons. If everyone's healthy, um, they probably pull this game out, but you know, you're, you're going against PJ Walker. You should be able to yeah. probably get it done anyway. Um, but you know, it's early in the season. Things happen. They really, Realistically, I mean, the the Seahawks and Rams in that division have shown some life, but the Niners are going to have no problem running away with that division um, and most likely the one seed. So it's not like this um, major stressor or anything there, but um, it is definitely something to consider when you're looking into the playoffs and when 
things don't go perfectly and guys are banged up and then all of a sudden Purdy's got to do more than he's been asked to do and it could be a tough spot. How disappointing was that as an Eagles fan to watch them lose that game knowing that 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 race for the one seed and that's the only buy right is the one seed now yeah it's the one one buy now so you see that and you're like oh we're gonna go beat the shit out of the jets and then they blow that game we'll get to that but man that was an opportunity to get a, a massive game up on them right there yeah it, it was it was i to be honest with the eagles uh you know the schedule coming up, they got the Dolphins, they have the Bills in there, the Niners, the Cowboys twice. This next span is really tough. I wasn't expecting them to really end up with a bye anyway, especially considering the Niners, um, one, as good as they've looked, and two, their division not being uh, super competitive. It feels like they'll they'll be able to run away with that one seed. Um, but that being said, you'd rather – it get to that point later in the season and not fucking lose to the jets and, and be tied with them at five and one when you yeah. could easy have been six and oh. All right. Before we move on one last little thing, you mentioned this way back in like week one about Jim Schwartz being the defensive coordinator for this Browns team and how nasty that they were going to be. And they've proven to be every bit of it. Um, Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator is now eight and one against Kyle Shanahan's offenses and Shanahan, a lot of people say he's, you know, one of the best offensive minds in the league right now. And he's proven it you know, multiple times. Holding his offenses to 15.8 points per game in those nine games. That's fucking yeah. crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. He, yeah. He's just, I don't know what it is with, um, with that matchup. But yeah, I think the thing that Schwartz does is he finds ways to get pressure with just the front four, just the defensive line. And when you're able to do that, that makes things really difficult for the offense because then there's everyone else is in coverage. You're taking off these angles. And like with, with Shanahan, he's never had that top, top tier quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, he had uh, Matt Ryan in Atlanta other than for an MVP year. And other than that, it was, it's all, it's Jimmy G it's, you know, Brock now and so when you're able to get pressure with four it's at it, they have to make some tight window throws they got to be on time with everything and and if you're able to disrupt that then then it can be a issue and I, I think that's kind of what it boils down to yeah well that was a great game uh hopefully the Browns can stay frisky like that that'll make that division a lot more fun when they're all good like that yeah moving on we got the Carolina Panthers going to Miami and they put up a little bit of a fight. They were up 14 to nothing to start the game, but they ended up losing 42 to 21. Dolphins go to five and one, tied for the best record in the league. Panthers are the only defeated team now at 0 and 6 on the year. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think that the Panthers were up 14 0 after the first quarter, and the Dolphins still covered their uh, 14 point spread. So when it was 14-0, I looked on DraftKings. I thought, hey, I might be able to sneak in a little sneaky sneaky here with Bookie T. Maybe the uh, Dolphins are plus money to come back and win this game. No, they were still minus 200 to win the game, <laughs> down 14 to nothing. I was like, oh, shit. It's not even worth it at that point. That's crazy. Yeah, that offense is, I mean, they they just got so much star power, and Tyreek did his thing. Uh 
did did his sweet little uh, selfie backflip in the mm-hmm. in the end zone. Gets flagged for it, but totally worth it. Um, but yeah, you know, for the Panthers, Thielen continues to ball out. Bryce Bryce Young looked a little better today, but you know, ultimately, Dolphins just got too much juice too much juice over there. Yeah, it was just not nice to see them show some life. Like to go up fourteen nothing on this team. Yeah. You know, and then they gave up like 40 straight points, which sucks. But it, it was fun to watch that and see them just have a little bit of life because they haven't really done much of that all year. So good on them. Ultimately, they don't have the talent to compete with these guys. Tyreek had a monster game. I just saw something that he is through six games. He needs 186 yards, I think it was, to get to a thousand. So knowing him, he had 163 this week. He might do that next week against your Eagles because he, he probably knows like, Oh, I'm trying to get to a thousand in seven weeks. That's just a fucking baller thing to do. Yeah. Wouldn't be too surprised if it happened, unfortunately. All right, moving on. We got the Indianapolis Colts going down to Jacksonville and losing to the Jags 37 to 20 as the Jags moved to four and two and, and take kind of a, a commanding spot in that division. Pretty predictable spot here where, you know, the Jaguars coming back after two weeks in London. They're at home. They got a Colts team that they're definitely more talented than, who's, like we talked about on the preview, kind of been punching above their weight a little bit. And the and the Jags been kind of, you know, underperforming. And and it played out that way where the Jags really pulled away. Um, the Colts added some touchdowns late uh, to make it a little closer, but Ultimately, Minshew Minshew's looked good in his uh, moments where he's had to come in um, for an injured Richardson, but have a team having a week to prepare for him and and knowing his strengths and um, especially being his former team is it was kind of predictable that he was going to struggle and and yeah, Jags got things done. Each yeah, Minshew team. looked he looked like shit. Yeah. I'm not going to put all the blame on him. He's a backup quarterback for a reason. The Colts aren't the talented roster. You know, they're not expected to be very good this year, but he made some passes that were just like, holy shit, man. That now we remember why you got benched in the first place. Like some very bad interceptions back in the day when Minshew mania was in full swing, he would do great things. And then there'd be those moments where like, oh shit, you can't do that in the NFL. (laughs) That is fucking bad. And when he's throwing the ball 55 times, that's not <laughs> what you want going into the game, especially when you have Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss has been running as well as he has. It, it was just a, that was a tough matchup for them. And you talked about the Jags, how we, we've been talking about how they've been kind of underperforming. The offense really isn't hitting their stride. Their defense has actually been pretty decent, but now they're four and two, which I think at the start of the year, they, they'll take that all day. Um, they're probably going to go on a little bit of a run here and, and pull away in the division. I don't think it's going to be too close by the time it gets down to the time for playoffs. Yeah, I think I think they'll definitely pull away in that division for sure. Before we move on to that game, this this Jags game, and then the Dolphins-Panthers game we just talked about before that, those were the only two games that hit the over the whole weekend. Unders were 11-2. and two. Do we have an offense problem in the NFL right now? Is it yeah, a quarterback? Fucking, that shit sucks. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Oh, I, one more fucking points. 
So I have a theory going in when we can touch on this more on the preview, but do we, is Goodell going to make a call? Is, is there going to be lots of points coming soon or is it just defenses are, or got it going this, this year and quarterback plays struggling? That's a good question. I feel like we have to, like, they're going to want more points. They know what, they know how to butter our bread. You know what I'm saying? They're going to rub our backs a little bit. But at the same time, I feel like they're already making all the calls for points. Like all these roughing the pass. It's like, how are we not scoring more? So that is a very interesting to watch. And that's why we bring Kyle V in here. He's got the fucking data. (laughs) Get up, boys. Let's go. You know me. I'm gonna have to think about that one. We're gonna we're gonna put together a plan for this next week when you make some money. All right. So this next game, Saints go down to Houston against the Texans. Texans pull off an upset 20 to 13 at home in a game that we both were on the Saints. And these fucking Texans just won't go away, man. Texans are a frisky team. They're like we've talked about, you know, we both really like D'Amico Ryans. They have a good coach. CJ Stroud's been great. Finally threw a pick, but possibly the best pick of all time because it was <laughs> he threw the interception his team makes the tackle on the Saints guy returning it. The Saints guy fumbles it. Texans recover first and 10 Texans. And then Stroud drives him down for a touchdown. Just great mentality to bounce back like that. Just but, like you drew it up. Exactly. But this game, at least for me, had more to do with the Saints and just more shitty offense. They had the ball so many times with the chance. The, the Saints were in my parlay uh, that I put out on the podcast the other two legs, the Lions and Rams, ended up hitting in the afternoon, but the Saint the Saints fucked it up first uh first uh game in the morning. And you know, they they had so many chances. They neither team scored in the fourth quarter. Saints had the ball. I think they had four drives in the fourth quarter with a chance to go tie, and they couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah, that was tough to see. You know, I told you that I have a buddy that's from the south and was was kind of honest about the, our Saints takes in the past. He said the Saints are way better than you guys give them credit for. Well, he texted me after this week. He's like, I am so much less excited about Derek Carr than I was. I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're going to kind of have to get used to that. As a Raider fan, he has his ups and downs. But gosh, dang, man, the the check downs, the fucking throwaways on third down. I mean, there's just so much of it. It's, it's tough to watch, especially when you have such high expectations. You're, you're going against a team in the Texans. So I know they're three and three now Stroud's playing great. The saints had legitimate like NFC championship hype going into the year. If you yeah. can't go beat the Texans right now, throw that out the window. You're going to have trouble winning this fucking division. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, they have talent. They have a lot of talent and he just like, like Chris Olave. I mean, and this is partially me speaking because I have him on my fantasy team, but like they don't get him involved until he didn't get involved until like the third quarter. And it's like, he's so good. Throw him the ball. Michael Thomas has looked pretty good this year. They, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing. And I, I just think the offensive coordinator is no good. And I, and I really, Dennis Allen's not a good coach and it's just, they have a lot of talent, but man, it's, it's tough over there. Yeah, with all the young coaching talent floating around the NFL right now, yeah. you go back to Dennis Allen, like, that doesn't make any sense at all. That guy should not be a head coach right now. 
it felt like he was a stopgap um, for for uh, the year without Sean Payton, and then he kind of overperformed to where they didn't feel like they could really fire him, and now mm-hmm. they're up with him right now. Yeah. Anything else on that one? Good for Stroud. Didn't bet the pick. Hate myself. <laughs> nah, that's that's it. It it is cool to see Stroud um, doing well though. And that Texans seems exciting, exciting and easy to root for because they haven't been relevant really in our uh, lifetime. So, yeah. Super, and didn't they trade away their first round pick? Um. Uh. Yeah, they did because they ended up getting Will Anderson yeah. as well. Yeah. So good for them going out and fucking playing hard. This is what yeah. you've been talking about with the Panthers. Like they don't, there's no reason to tank. So go out and try and win games and they're doing it. They're three and three fucking yeah. a, they're right there in the division. Like they could very well make a little run at that thing. I don't think they will, but I didn't think they'd be three and three either. So someone to watch exactly. for. They have young talent and a good coach. Meanwhile, the Panthers don't have much talent on that roster and have a older coach that, is on his second uh, team, and who knows what's going on over there. So, how are you going to do your boy like that? Great offensive coordinator. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on to another guy that probably should be an offensive coordinator. <laughs> the Raiders get the win 21 17 over the Patriots in Las Vegas. The offensive coordinator turned head coach McDaniels sticks it to Belichick a little bit. And I hate to say it. But I told you so. You did. And I um I backed you on it. I went with the Raiders as well. But the uh Patriots, same shit, man. That that offense is really, really sorry over there. Mac Jones uh, continues to struggle. They had the ball late down two points, and he held the ball for a while and Crosby got him in the end zone. Crosby's a beast though, so n- nothing not taking anything away from him on that play, but taking a safety is literally the only thing you can't do in that situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, Raider it's the Raiders are, uh, are, you know, the defense is playing a lot better than expected, I would say. And, and offense is doing enough. And that's the most stunning part is, is their winning game is because of their defense, which has yeah. never happened since like, the two thousand, you know, like early two thousands. It's it's weird to see. Imagine Derek Carr with that defense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty much seeing it already with the same. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's so funny how you know it was talked about how Jimmy G is just like a lateral move from Derek Carr. It's not really an improvement, and both teams are sitting at three and three, <laughs> and yeah. very similar. Saints got a great defense, and offense isn't doing enough over there, and so. Pretty funny how both teams are sitting at three and three with uh pretty similar uh starts to the season. Raiders do have a very winnable game coming up though against the Bears. Could be four and three. Just something to watch if they lose that game though against a backup. That's gonna be tough. But Jimmy G is probably gonna be out. He did get hurt, hurt his back in the game. Had to go to the hospital, actually. Um, yeah, they're worried about like internal stuff, I think, right? Yeah, and stuff. Sounds like the rookie Aiden O'Connell is gonna get the start again. Didn't go very well against the Chargers. But uh, I think he's going to learn a couple lessons, how to get rid of the ball a little quicker. And I think we're going to see a huge, medium-huge game from all Aiden O'Connell in this Bears matchup. Something to watch for. Something else to watch for is if uh, Josh McDaniels takes all the credit 
when O'Connell looks good this week after throwing him under the bus when he looked bad in the first <laughs> the first game. I guarantee he will. <laughs> I was just trying to light a fire, you know, and now you see him come out here and, you know, fuck that guy, dude. Get him out of here. Next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals going to L.A. Rams take it home easy, 26-9. to This is the game that had that crazy 49-50 point over-under. Told you to take the under on that one. Hope you listen there. It's probably the only one I was right about all day besides the Raiders. But the Rams easily handled business in that NFC West showdown. Cardinals are just overmatched. Yeah, Cardinals continue their trend of like being very competitive in the first half and then just losing it all in the second. Rams Rams look good again. You know, they, they pulled away. They're definitely the better team here. They're going to be competing for a wild card, it feels like. Um, the way McVeigh's coaching and the offense is playing well. Um, Cup got in the end zone. Kyron Williams did get injured, um, but it sounds like he's only going to miss a little bit of time, right? Yeah, like a game or two, it sounds like. Yeah, so that that's good. Um, yeah, you know, Rams, Rams are solid. Cardinals, interesting team, continue to battle first half, but they just don't have – much depth um their talents uh not not too strong over there james connor's out um hollywood brown continues to look good dobbs you know plays well at moments but again just not not a lot of talent over there um and they're sitting at one and five i bet that i i alternate bet them on their win total under two and a half so they can win one more game and then after that we just gotta let them let them chill out Man, they are just flirting with that though. All these tight games and until the second half. Yeah. Not much too much to touch on here. I mean, except the Rams offense is legit and they still have some guys on defense. Like they are gonna be competitive down the stretch. I wouldn't want to play him first round. Like, you know, if if the Eagles land the Rams that first week, it's gonna be at home. They're probably gonna handle business, but these guys know how to win. I mean, Sean McVay is a fucking great head coach. And I'm just shocked at how good Cooper Cup looks and Matthew Stafford. Like, these guys don't age. Cooper Cup came back from that injury. Like, he didn't miss a single game, bro. He's just straight out the bat, just balling out. Yeah, that's impressed me a lot, too. I thought, like, in fantasy drafts and stuff, I stayed away from Cup because I thought he's a little older. It's the hamstring. is going to be lingering. And I also thought the Rams weren't going to be this competitive this year. So I thought they'd be sitting, you know, at two and four, something like that and he would take his time coming back and and not rush but I was wrong on that he looks good and the Rams look pretty good yeah and Stafford too I mean he's getting older I thought he was going to kind of fall off a little bit he didn't have a very good game this week he only completed 15 passes for like 220 yards but some of his throws have some fucking pop on it man he can still sling it around I'm shocked he's got he's got a cannon is he a hall of famer I think so I think so that Super Bowl cemented it, probably. Yeah. Him and Kershaw teammates in high school, fun fact. Wow, I never knew that. Never heard that. <laughs> I'm not ready to talk about that yet, though. Yeah, me either. I'll say that name. Sorry. All right, next up, your favorite game of the day. Sorry, that was rude. Eagles was really go rude. to New York, and the Jets pull off the upset at home 20-14, to 14, knocking the Eagles down to 5-1, and one, like we said, in that tie with the 49ers for the best record in the NFC and in the whole league, actually. And Jets move on to 3-3, three and three, looking a little bit frisky as we move into the middle part of the season. That Jets defense is is really good. They 
shut the Eagles out the second half, which is impressive. Um, but it was just, it was a weird game to watch. Like I didn't find myself getting mad. I was just like, what the hell's going on in this game? And, you know, the Eagles were up 14-3. They let the Jets chip away with field goals, and it was 14-12. Eagles are moving the ball. Um, they have it late, and, you know, it's it was third third and medium to longish. I can't remember, third and, like, seven or eight. And Jets have no timeouts left. Eagles just get a first down, and it's over. They decide to throw the ball. They could have ran it and then punted and, you know, forced the Jets to drive the field for a field goal. They decide to throw it, which I, I dig it, you know, find one of your stud receivers. But Hertz literally threw it directly to a Jets defender. And it was just it was so weird. It was it it made no sense. And um, you know, Jets go and Eagles let Brees Hall score and they get the ball back and then they don't even pick up a first down after it was it it looked to me like Hertz was pretty gassed. He was running around a lot first half and just kind of running for his life and um, there's a lot of pressures from the Jets with um, Lane Johnson getting injured, mm-hmm. and it was just, just kind of a kind of a weird game. the The positive spin I'll take from it is it reminded me a lot of the Eagles' first loss last year when they lost to Washington, and that one was at home, and it was just a weird game where it was like I don't know, like things just kept going wrong and weird shit was happening, and that's kind of how this one felt. And um, like you even texted me during it, you're like, "Don't forget that the Jets have like an elite defense, and they do, and they made things difficult." But they were missing three corners, like they were missing Sauce, they're missing their other starting corner, and the Eagles just couldn't capitalize. And the thing that concerns me down the line is just their play play calling too. Like especially as they get close to the end zone, it looks like shit down there. I, I don't, I don't really know what's what's going on with the new uh, new offensive coordinator. Yeah, there's definitely something kind of missing with that offense right now. They haven't really figured it out yet. But at the end of the day, it's a game on the road in the NFL. You could lose those any any week. You know, those aren't given. I think you just kind of toss that one aside and say, hey, we know who we are. We're still five and one. It's kind of funny that you see they had a, like a players only like meeting and yeah. players address the team after. It's like you guys are still fucking five and one. Chill out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that that cut got uh kind of got spun a little bit weird too i think it was um like i read something on twitter too it, it wasn't like they called a players only meeting it was literally um it was they just started talking before nick sirianni got in there and yeah. so it was technically a players only meeting but they just talked amongst themselves before the coach got in shout out to uh my player tino to jets fan um we made a little bet I owe him some sprints. He was right. That fucking guy was right. You have to do the sprints? Mm-hmm. It's good for me, though, you know? Yeah, fuck that shit, though. Cardiovascular. Yeah, I love that. Good for the heart. Yeah, lead, lead by example, you know? All right, we got the last game of the afternoon slate now. The Lions at Bucks. Uh, Lions handled it from start to finish. They went 20-6. to six. Now the Lions moved to five and one, and they're tied for first place in the NFC and in the NFL. And the Buccaneers moved to three and two, and actually they're first place in the NFC South now. This was a a big measuring stick game for uh, both teams. I think the Lions really like handling business in this game and not 
having it ever be very close. I mean, it was semi-close, but just really they were without a doubt the better team. Um, and on the flip side, the Bucks just, you know, they are overperforming right now. They they've looked solid. They still have some some studs from like the Super Bowl team, but you know, Baker Baker has his limits and it feels like they may be competitive in that division considering it's not too stacked, but the the big takeaway from this one is that the Lions are really legit this year and especially in that division NFC North doesn't look very strong either. Um, they should be able to run away with it and they'll, you know, be a threat in the playoffs. Yeah, 100%. Now the Bucks, uh, like I said, they're three and two now. They are in first place in that division. Who do you think wins that thing? I mean, it's just kind of garbage. I mean, you got the Panthers at the bottom at 0 and 6. They're pretty much done. Then you got the Saints and Falcons are both three and three now, I think. And then the Bucks, three and two. So they're all right there. Obviously, the the Falcons and Saints still have to have a bye. Bucks already had theirs. How do you see that one shaking out? I honestly think if the Falcons make the move to Heineke, they win the division. They should, but if they, that then, huh? they should, if they continue to ride out with Ritter, um, it feels like the Saints probably win it. And in true Derek Carr fashion, they win at win it at nine and eight, and then they lose first round of the playoffs like twenty one to sixteen or something, like a weird close game that he has a chance late, but he throws a pick or something, or or uh, they they're facing fourth and twelve, and he throws a four yard pass. I'm gonna have to not watch that game if it comes down to that because I'm gonna have fucking flashbacks and PTSD yeah. and shit. I'm not gonna be able to go to work the next day. That'll be tough. Hopefully, hopefully they get a Saturday wild card game, which they probably oh, will. Yeah, guaranteed that early Saturday <laughs> game. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Lions, uh, very impressive. David Montgomery got hurt, but next week they should be getting Jameer Gibbs back. So it's like they don't even give a shit, dude. They got this guy, Craig Reynolds. I saw this TikTok going viral after the game. Did you see this by any chance? It was uh Dan Campbell talking to the coaching staff when they were on hard knocks like two years ago, and he was like how do we feel about Craig Reynolds? I know we like the guy. He's a good guy. Would we, would we be devastated if we had to cut him? And it was like the line coach, Deuce Daly, the running back coach. They were like, he's a, he's the fucking dude. We, he fits our team. He's what we're all about. The line coach was like, if you cut this guy, you're going to have like five starting offensive linemen in your office, office tomorrow. And they kept him all around. Now he's getting a ton of work. Made a great fucking block on that Amon touchdown. Oh, that block was beautiful. It really does feel like they found all these guys. David Montgomery found a found a place he's fitting in just right. Goff found a place there. It's like if you come here and work hard and do what we say, like we're gonna win, we're gonna do it well, and you guys are gonna have a fucking good time because it looks like they're having fun out there. Yeah. And you gotta love it for a fan base that's struggled so much. Um, and it's, it's cool to see them, you know, it, it's another one of those, like, obviously they're for, for me, they're a legit threat to the Eagles, like in what, like me hoping the Eagles make another Super Bowl run, but it's hard for me to root against them unless obviously they see the Eagles in the playoffs. But right now it's like, they're fun. They're a fun team. They kind of feel like the Eagles did like, like what was just last year where people didn't expect them. I mean, I know yeah. they had they had somewhat high expectations this year, but 
I don't even think they were a favorite to win the division. And now they're five and one. The second closest team is the Packers at two and three. The bottom of that division is just falling apart. Yeah. And I think they were slightly favored over like the Vikings, but they were definitely plus money still. It was, they were, you know, it was really close between the two of them and talk about teams heading in different directions right now. Yeah, seriously. So good on them. Good on old man Campbell and his big old nuts. <laughs> All right. Next, we got the Sunday night football game, which was a lot closer than anyone expected going into it. The Giants at Buffalo take the loss. Bills win 14 to 9, drop the Giants down to 1 and 5. And now the Bills move on to 4 and 2. Talk about a weird game where the Bills were 15-point favorites in the game and then only scored 14 points. Just Never if you weird. don't score points. Yeah, weird stuff out there. Um, but the offense figured it out in the fourth to get the win, at least. Giants just – I don't know, man. They're – it's a weird team. They were a playoff team last year. They – we're up 6-0 at halftime. Should have been up 9-0 or maybe even more. Terod Taylor had a – also, before I continue there, Chris Collinsworth was kept calling him Tyrod. Didn't, wasn't that a whole thing? He's Yeah, we, there was a whole thing like last year, two years ago, it's Tyrod. It's Tyrod. I'm on, with guys. Collinsworth on some level. Like, come on, bro. You've been in the league how long? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Change your name. <laughs> you can't change your name on your eighth team, bro. Yeah. But he he was he was solid aside from that for that first half mistake where he, he checked to a run, Giants had no timeouts, and Saquon gets tackled and the clock runs out and they left points on the board. Um but yeah, kind of weird vibes with the that team. It feels like like Dable made it very clear that it wasn't his fault that they left points on the board there. Um he you know, the week before he was seen throwing the tablet like by Daniel Jones, like clearly just frustrated. Like he's given off vibes of like, how am I supposed to win with these guys? And it's like, that's not what a coach does. Like you're supposed to take a little ownership and 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 be better. And if you're, you know, if you have good ownership, good GM and stuff around, they understand that there's other issues with the roster or whatever. But it's a it's a weird look to be like throwing throwing your guys under the bus in a way. Yeah, he was super demonstrative at, at the halftime. So, like you said, they had I think 14 seconds left, and it looked like Terod Taylor audibled to a run instead of throwing the ball. Saquon gets tackled. They can't get the ball set up fast enough to run another play. Half ends. They're on like what the one yard line, two yard line. Yeah, they're close. Easy yeah. goal, or if you throw the ball, you get two chances or one chance at a field goal. He <laughs> was ripping into him. I'm like, bro, that's your backup quarterback. Obviously, whatever you sent in was not clear enough to say, don't fucking do that. Like, exactly. on some level, that is on you. I know that he's an NFL quarterback and he needs to know that, but he is the backup. He hasn't been getting that game action. It, it can't all be his fault. Like, you're the fucking yeah. Yeah, that kind of bothered me, honestly, to see that. I'm like, exactly. And like, that's the point. Obviously, it's ultimately his fault for checking into that. But on on 
the coaching end, don't send in a play that has an option for him to check to a run in that situation. You know, if it's me and I look behind me and it's fucking Saquon Barkley, I'm going to check out of the pass too, bro. Fucking, you let, me throw, let me throw this ball right now when I got Saquon right here. But yeah, I mean, that was an interesting game. Bills fucking barely won. Again, kind of like that Jags game. They didn't do shit for most of the game. Then they come score 14 in the fourth. They actually won this game. But then it came down to a very controversial call on the last play of the game, which in my eye, if you didn't see it, the Giants were driving again, got down to the one again. Yeah, well, there was a pass interference in the end zone. That's right. So they put the ball at the one. And instead of running it, because, you know, you already tried that once. It didn't work at the end of the first half. They threw that little pop pass right up the middle to Waller. And there was a fucking handful of jersey. In my eyes, that was a clear defensive pass interference. But to your point, they weren't going to call it two times in a row. Yeah, it was a kind of a smart strategy on defense. If you find yourself in that situation, um, you just got called for one. Do, fucking do it again. Make them call it again. And if they do... Worst case, they call again. <laughs> they move the ball to the half yard line and they try again. You know, so yeah, like you said, it that that first one I think was definitely pass interference as well, and that second one was arguably worse. Um, but it's the refs try to not have that big of an impact on the game at that point. But you got to just call what you see. It doesn't matter what time it what time of the game it is. I mean, you hear it all the time. It's like, oh, you can't call that in that spot. You can't end a game like that. But it's like, fuck. Now we had to end a game watching Waller not even be able to get his arm up to catch the ball. So it is what it is. At the end of the day, the Giants are not going to be a playoff team. They're pretty terrible. Um, They were lucky to even be in that one. So probably worked out better that way. We'll just keep them in the the basement in the NFC. Yeah. Next up, we got Monday Night Football. And what was actually a pretty good game, a lot lower scoring than a lot of people might have thought or hoped for. But the Cowboys go to L.A. and pull off the victory on the road, 20-17 to 17 over the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, Cowboys with a huge win, especially with the Eagles' loss. They're only a game back of them now. And like I mentioned, Eagles going going to be going into a tough stretch here. So Cowboys got a shot to, you know, make a statement in the division here for sure. Um, but, yeah, you know, Interesting game to say the least. Um, I was on the road for this one, so I didn't get to see too much of it, but definitely surprising scoreline in regards to the amount of points with considering both offenses. Um, and and you know, both of them went through some lulls. Dak has, you know, Dak still worries me. Um, in regards to them, it's kind of like almost in the Brock Purdy situation where if things are going well, he looks great, and if once he has to do a little bit, then it, it becomes more of a challenge. Um, but they were able to get the job done. Defense turned over Herbert late um, when he got the ball back with a chance to go tie it up. And, um, yeah, you know, that, that defense has some dudes on it for sure. They 100% do. But I will say, you know, I watched the whole game. Herbert just doesn't look quite right. Like he missed some throws that like he had Keenan Allen open a couple times down the sideline. Like if he hits him walking into the end zone or, or picking up 50 yards at minimum. And I don't know if it's his hand. He's got that like brace on his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it is, man, but there's something that's just a little bit off and maybe it's the loss of Mike Williams, their offense. This isn't gelling the way they hoped it would. 
but it was kind of weird to see. But the Cowboys defense, no, you know, of course everybody knows that they're legit. They got playmakers all over the place. So Cowboys took care of business. I think it was a defensive win for them. Dak did just enough. Tony Pollard had one big play that helped out a ton. Other than that, um, it was pretty slow game, really. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't get to see too much. One thing I did see, though, fuck Jerry Jones and his southern-ass, country-ass. He hates the the brotherly shove, the Eagles running that sneak. He hates it. What the Cowboys try to do on fourth and one, they tried to run it with that with Dak Prescott, and, and you know you should be able to get it done. What happens? They get fucking stuffed, and they can't run it, and you know he's going to go to the competition committee this, this season. We got to ban this play, blah, blah, blah. He tries to fucking run it too, and they just can't. Fuck, the, fuck him. Funny, all these people bitching about that play, and then there's a, there's been a ton of teams trying it these last two weeks. Yeah. Giants had a guy get hurt. Like, yeah, well, that's the new wave is they pivoted it from it's too, it's too um, unstoppable, and that's not true, obviously. Yeah. So they now change it to well, it's a dangerous play. People get injured. So it seems like everyone that's tried it has not been successful except the Eagles. Exactly. It's like you don't have Jason Kelsey and your quarterback can't squat two fucking thousand pounds. Yeah, that, that's the thing is even if they do ban it, like. Hertz will naturally be really fucking good at QB sneaks anyway. You can't ban the QB sneak. And it's like, if they're yeah. just going to line up a little bit different and do the same shit. Exactly. One thing I do, I will say on this game, CD lamb had a, had a pretty good game, seven catches, 117 yards. But I feel like I've been seeing this in the NFL as a whole. Like I saw that the Cowboys do it multiple times. The Raiders man with Devonte Adams, not getting the ball. Sometimes the, these play callers like try and get so fucking cute and use their star receivers as a decoy doing this and this and this and throwing <laughs> to God knows who. Can we just start fucking throwing the guys the like if you have an elite receiver, throw them the ball 15 times. Yeah. Do what Rams do, bro. They throw it to Cooper Cup 15 times. They don't give a yeah. shit. When he was out, they threw it to Puka 15 times. They don't give yeah. a fuck. Got a good player, throw them the ball. It's so frustrating to watch. I feel like it happens in the NFL more than ever where you had these absolute like alpha receivers and they're just running routes, like getting used as decoys and everyone's trying to be too smart. Can yeah. we these guys that fucking football simplify it. And those guys are so good too. When you throw it their way and give them a chance to catch it, even if they don't catch it, there's a good chance you're going to get a pass interference or something. Cause you damn near have to tackle the guy to make him not catch it. Look what happened with A.J. Brown after it was like that week two game when he had his little temper tantrum on the sideline. He said, just throw me the fucking ball. They started doing that. He's been a beast ever since then. Four four straight games, 125 yards. (laughs) That's crazy. Jamar Chase says, hey, I'm always open. Next game, yeah, no shit. He actually is always fucking open. Rocking the 7-Eleven chain. Oh, I didn't even see that. No, he yeah, he had it. And, you know, in in the Seahawks defense, they did well containing him. I think he was – he went like four for 60 or something like that on the first drive and then got held to like, he only finished with like 80 yards on the day. So, I mean, a respectable day, but for for him, not not the greatest. But yeah, he did have a 7-Eleven chain on. So very, very, uh, you know, the the players can learn from from that. Just shout out some, some random brand and you probably get a little sponsorship going off of it. I'm fucking DoorDash. I always deliver. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking chance he paid for that chain. It's sick too. <laughs> but 
But I mean, you know, I think we do have some NFL coaches that listen to this. So if you're a play caller out there, just fucking trust your guys. Throw them the fuck. Dial it up. Hey. Trust your nuts. Call the all call of the uh, week. Just fucking throw to your best receiver. Yeah, just put your fucking nuts out there. Come on. All right, that wraps up week six. Before we get to the Thursday night game coming up, any week six words of wisdom? How we feeling? What do we think? Uh, just you gotta trust the process. You know, it's a feeling out process. We're still, you know, we're a third of the way through the season. You gotta get dialed in really lock in there's money to be made here in these middle weeks and then as you get into the playoffs you just really got to be locked in there there's money to be made don't let don't let the minor losses you know hold you hold you down it's no it's no wins and losses out here only wins and lessons you know damn i said words of wisdom i didn't think you're gonna touch my heart like that (laughs) beautiful wow i'm just speechless right now but i can't stop we got to go on. Let's get this week seven Thursday night football game. The Jacksonville Jaguars at four and two going to New Orleans against the three and three Saints. The Saints. Oh, my God. This can't be right. The Saints are one point favorites. They're at home. I get that. Over under 39 and a half. I'm telling you right now, I'm betting the Jags all day. I fucking hate the Saints team. I hate them. Can't stand them. Hate watching. Yeah, I really, really like the Jags here, too. Um from his time with the Eagles and like watching him a lot, Doug Peterson Eagles played really well on Thursdays with, uh, with Doug Peterson. So I think he's a good players coach. I think he probably gives them time off and kind of lets them recover and just gets them, does a lot of walkthrough type stuff leading up to it. Obviously they get prepared and, and things like that, but they don't do too much physically demanding stuff leading up to it, knowing it's a short week and it allows them to be dialed in, um, and yeah, I ultimately there's just a better team. I get why the Saints are a point favorite. That's kind of implying that if it was at a neutral site, the Jaguars would be two point favorites. Um, it's kind of a standard three point swing for the home team. Mm. Um, so I get that, but it just feels like a spot where you know, like we talked about, the Jaguars have been kind of underperforming. They seem to be turning the corner a little bit, and this is a good opportunity for them to get to five and two and really assert themselves in the AFC. Yeah. And, and when you said, you know, he's going to have, let the guys recover a little bit, do some walkthroughs. I did remember Trevor Lawrence dealing with a knee injury. So that's probably factoring into it a little bit. Even if he does play, he's not going to be a hundred percent and there's a chance he misses the game, but I don't really think it matters. I think that uh, on both sides of the ball, they're playing really good right now. And the saints, while they do have a good defense still, um, there's only so much you can do. You got to score in the NFL today. Yeah, that would be the concerning part for me too, though, is, you know, Lawrence does use his legs a lot and he is mobile. If he does power through and play with the knee injury, I'm sure it'll definitely limit his mobility um, in there and that defense might be able to get to him. But Dougie P is a great coach. They'll they'll be able to adjust and and you know, run some short routes and and get things going for the offense still. Do we know who their backup is? I don't. Well, who the fuck would know who the Jacksonville Jaguars backup quarterback is, honestly? If you knew that, I would I'd question you. Be sick. Should be um oh. should be Blake Bortles. Oh, it's CJ Beathard. Oh. The guy that can win a Thursday night game. 
Absolutely. He's he's built to win Thursday night games. Although Bethard is literally spelled beat hard. That's a tough look. Unless you like to masturbate. That's, that's true. He probably does. And if I'm beaten, it ain't soft. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, new record for the length it took to get to a dick joke, though. <laughs> well, that'll wrap it up for the football. <laughs> Let's get into a little baseball. We are in the championship series. Let's start in the AL where the Texas Rangers have taken a fucking 2-0 lead on the Astros. I love to see it. They Fuck did it. the Astros. Fuck the Astros. And they did that at Houston, too. So they're going back to Texas for three games right now. If they win two out of three, they're going to the World Series. And the Astros are going home. It's awesome. It's awesome. You got to love it. Rangers offense delivering, you know, they look good. The pitching's been solid. We touched in the preview about how their bullpen's been an issue. They almost blew game two, but they held on to it. Um, you know, they're just a good team. They they got a good manager, especially in the playoffs. Uh, Seager's doing his thing over there. It, it's it's a good team. It's a great squad. They spent they spent money and they spent it smartly. It's working working out well for them. Yeah, their game one starter Jordan Montgomery they trade for uh, from the Yankees. Fucking pitch the gym. They they've had great pitching and you know they've only scored seven runs in these two games, which going into it it looked like, you know they were a team that might have to score six seven runs a game to to keep doing what they've been doing. But they're proving that they can do it on both sides of the ball, which is pretty impressive. They, they're they legit. I mean, obviously, it's down to four teams, and they're up 2 nothing, So pretty fucking easy to say they're World Series contenders. But they yeah. have a very, very, very good shot to go and win this thing. Yeah, it's, it's you know, they're, they're definitely a threat. And, you know, it seems like they'll be a good matchup for what seems to be the Phillies to come out of the uh, NL. But on the, on the Jordan Montgomery thing you touched on, the Yankees traded him. I read something saying that part of the reason the Yankees moved on from him is they were concerned about him in the postseason rotation. Yeah. They didn't think he would fit in in the postseason. One, they didn't make the postseason. Um, and two, what Jordan Montgomery doing in game one, he pitched on the road in Houston and went six and a third shutout innings. So I think he would have fit in. Just fine if uh, if they happen to make it, but they didn't. So good, good for Montgomery. Well, that's a classic case of something my great great grandpappy used to tell me about. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. That's big facts. They're talking about the playoffs, and they didn't even fuck. They were like fourth place in their division. Fourth place, I think they finished ahead of the Red Sox, and that was it. Trash, trash. Now I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Astros win two out of three at the Rangers, and then come home and w- and win two more and go to the world series yeah yeah that could happen but it does it does feel i don't think um i don't think it goes back to houston i think the i think the rangers get it done i hope so i hope so i'm praying for it let's go rangers they're kind of like the uh dodgers they they got a lot of dudes over there that played for the dodgers yeah except um don't choke (laughs) something about that something about that white and blue jersey all right, moving on to the National League, the greater league. We got the Diamondbacks and the Phillies, and Phillies at home 
won the first two, five three, and then ten to nothing tonight. It was just a fucking beat down. And they've just been hitting the ball from the first fucking batter, right? They hit a leadoff jack on Monday night. They did. Yeah. They hit two, they hit two in the first inning, which when you sent that bet you did, um Yeah, Zach Gallon plus strikeouts. Yeah. Once when you sent that when you sent that, I was gonna mention uh Bryce Harper home run. It was his 31st birthday. It was his birthday, yeah. That's on me. And he hit the hit a first inning bomb. And, and did you see his celebration when he got home too? Else, yeah. Yeah, he put up a three one and acted like there were candles bloom out. But yeah, that that Phillies team, that lineup is ridiculous. They're just crushing the ball. Um what these first two games have showed me too is we weren't we we're a hundred percent right about the Diamondbacks having juiced balls in the in a NLDS because this is not the same offense that the Dodgers were facing. Just not even no, no chance. Yeah, they were hitting the shit out of the ball. They were looking like the Phillies are, and now they yeah. can't do anything. But you know, we did kind of talk about this early on in the playoffs too. Like whoever comes out of that Phillies Brave series is going to be just a fucking buzzsaw because that was. That was a great series. That was the only really good series we've had so far in the whole postseason. Um, and they just haven't skipped a beat. They knocked off division rival, number one seed in the NL, and rolled straight back home and beat the shit out of the Dimebacks. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win the next two as well. Yeah, I could definitely see this being a sweep. Um, Arizona's a very hitter-friendly park, too, and um, I'm, I could see Schwarber and, and Harper putting – balls into that swimming pool out there um and then them dancing after them going and celebrating in the pool after game four well that's definitely gonna happen but these guys are just like attacking the ball in such a violent way it's like it's frightening you can't let your kids watch these games man they just hit mash and you know like we talked about they have fire like they're so they're just they got so much juice and energy and it's it's exciting to watch um and it brings a lot to these playoffs. Like you said, they're really the only good series we've had was that Braves Phillies one. And that one only went four games as well that we haven't had, you know, all the, all the wild card series were sweeps. The, um, and the, the division series were sweeps except for the Braves and Phillies, which, you know, still didn't get to the cl- uh, clinching game five. And then now the, both of these uh, championship series are off to a two Oh start it makes the it makes the playoffs in general miss a lot of that juice, that excitement of that pressure of just, you know, both teams competing, win or go home. But what it does potentially lead to is if we get a Phillies Rangers World Series and they're both just rolling through everyone, what happens when it's unst- unstoppable force meets an immovable object? You know, who knows? Well, not me, bro. I don't have a master's degree like you. Uh, that's true it'll look like a it'll be like slow pitch softball playoffs out there score lines will be like you know 15 to 14 and just guys mashing balls i fucking hope so i think that the phillies are going to win the next two big i think the astros are going to come back and it's going to go seven that one's going seven you think yeah i think so and whoever wins that one and i don't know is that a benefit like you you win a seven game series in game Depends how it plays off with plays out with your pitching, I think. But I think if if you win a seven game series, um, if you win a seven game series and the other team sweeps, I think it, 
it is a little bit of advantage because then the other team's looking at like a week off after being super hot. Um, but I don't see it getting seven. The Rangers got Max Scherzer on the mound tomorrow. It's and they're at home. Um, Bochi still doing his thing. I see the Astros winning one. But I don't. I don't think they can win two out of the three on the road there to get it back to Houston. Beer bit. So if it goes, got to get to six. If it gets to six, I win. If it gets to six, you win. Yeah. The Astros gonna win two. Yeah, I'll take it. That they're not gonna win two out of three. I'll take it. All right. Firming take. I think that wraps it up for the evening. We are in a great time of the year for sports. We got basketball coming back very soon. Hockey already kicked off. Maybe we'll touch on that next time. A little hockey, a little puck. I don't know shit about it, but we could still talk about it. I don't know shit about it too, but it is fun to watch when um when it when it's on on the TV. Especially, we'll we'll have stuff to talk about. We'll keep an eye on it enough to where we're a little educated come playoffs because playoff hockey is unmatched. Keep an eye on the uh the Blackhawks. They got the the young Bedard. Bedard, stud. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps it up, my friend. Until next time, I'll see you at the water cooler. Cheers. Steady. If you wanna live it, place it in your mind. Everything could change in just one night. There we go again, talking real heavy. Listen up, world, I think I'm talking pretty steady. If you wanna live it, place it in your mind. Everything could change in just one night.